Hey, I just want to say thank you for checking out this message today. I hope that it helps you, that it encourages you, and that you are able to learn a little bit more about who God is and why so many people throughout history have chosen to become followers of Jesus. If you enjoy this message and you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook or YouTube. But ultimately, you can find everything you need to know at clcwinnipeg.ca. There you can find more messages, you can find our social handles, ways to get connected to our church, and if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do that as well. And like I said before, I hope that you are encouraged by the message you're about to hear. God bless you. I wanted to give you a little bit of an update as to some of the goings-on here at Christian Life Church. Where going through a wonderful season of ministry the church is growing rapidly we have welcomed many uh, newcomers to canada uh, many of them from ukraine uh, the church has really stepped up to help these people we've helped them financially we've helped them uh, with just getting settled into canada and uh, we have also started a new uh, ukrainian fellowship that meets on sunday afternoon and in addition to that, we brought on uh, Pastor Anatoly, who with his family came to Canada 11 years ago from Ukraine. And uh, we have appointed him to be pastor of our Ukrainian fellowship. So it's a very exciting development coming out of some very sad circumstances, some very troubling circumstances. In addition to that, we have had the privilege of welcoming many people from Africa and uh, others from various places and so it is really a wonderful time of ministry that we're experiencing here. Downstairs we have uh, basically a clothing depot, some wonderful brand new clothes that have been donated that are available to uh, new immigrants as they come into Canada and we're going to be looking to uh, be collecting winter coats, boots, mitts, toques for many of these families as we anticipate yet another Winnipeg winter, uh, inevitably we know it's coming. Well, today I want to continue our second last message in our cover to cover uh, series as we've walked through the entire Bible. We decided that rather than wrapping up Revelation in just one message, that instead we would take four Sundays, to, to, uh, devote four Sundays to to the book of Revelation. And today I want to talk to you about caught up. I want to talk about the rapture. Uh, when I was about 15 years old, 14 or 15 years old, we had a young man, he was going to be getting married soon and he had taken a job in, in our city. And uh, so we gave him room and board for a, a year or so or several months. He came and lived with us. And one of the things I remember about him is he had a little blue uh, MG sports car. Now many of you might not know what an MG sports car looks like. It's kind of like a Mazda Miata, little two-seater convertible, very small and usually pretty unreliable. Well one Sunday afternoon him and I were uh, together and and he was you know much older than me. He was like maybe 21 or something like that and we decided to go from my hometown Kamloops to Kelowna which was about a a two-hour drive, Sunday afternoon, thought it might be kind of a fun adventure. Convertible top down, wind blowing in our hair. And I remember going down the highway at one point, he, he took it up to 100 miles an hour. I thought that was kind of cool, you know, when you're about six inches from the ground. Um, it was a lot of fun. In one of our 
talks in one of our more serious moments, I believe it was that day, I remember saying, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to get my driver's license. And he said, well, why not? And I said, because I think the Lord's going to come before that happens. I just lived with this sense of expectancy that the rapture of the church was going to take place at any moment. And regrettably, I was never going to be able to drive a car. Well, obviously, that didn't happen, at least not yet. And I've been driving for a few years now. And uh, there's been a lot of books written over the years about end times, about the end of the world, about the second coming of Christ, about the, the, the tribulation, about the rapture, and all of these things. All, all kinds of great books have been written by some very knowledgeable authors. Dr. Jer David Jeremiah is one preacher. I really do enjoy listening to him, and he wrote a book called Is This the End? And I want to share a few thoughts from, uh, from some of his writings and musings about uh, the rapture of the church. And I want to uh, share some scriptures with you today. I think you're going to be encouraged by what you hear today. I think you might be challenged by what you hear today. And I really do hope that, that your spirit is really lifted as you listen to this message, as I share with you some wonderful biblical truths about a wonderful event that is going to take place, I think, very soon. Well, uh, Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, says this, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. And this really is a message of hope and encouragement. And there are several thoughts that I want to share with you concerning the rapture. First one is, what is the rapture? You may be sitting there thinking, well, I've heard of it. I've heard reference to it. But, but remind me, tell me what it's all about. Well, the rapture is an event where everyone who puts their trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior will suddenly be caught up from this earth and taken to heaven. Rapture, in the original Greek, that word means harpazo, and it has several meanings. To carry off by force. To claim for your oneself eagerly. Or to claim for oneself something eagerly. To snatch away speedily. And to rescue from danger and destruction. And I think that that's a very good des description of the word rapture. Christ will return following the seven-year tribulation that is going to come upon the earth. That is called the second coming of Christ. But we believe that the rapture of the church happens before the tribulation. So if you look at the sequence of events, certainly as I understand it, we see the rapture taking place, the tribulation taking place, where there will be great deception, wars, famines, plagues, pestilences, earthquakes, signs in the heavens, signs on earth, where the Antichrist comes to be, uh, the mark of the beast coming, and ultimately the death of millions of people. And that then is followed by the second coming or the return of Christ as talked about in Revelation 19. You know, when the tribulation takes place, there is going to be suffering on this earth like nothing 
this earth has ever experienced before. It is going to be terrible. It's not a place that you want to be. Now, the rapture is the opportunity for saints, for the, for the saints, for those who put their faith and trust in Christ as Savior, to be rescued from all of these terrible horrors. Revelation chapter 3, 10, 11, I will keep you from the hour of trial that's going to come in the world. And, and, and there is going to be, when the rapture takes place, worldwide panic. There is going to be pandemonium and fear. Governments and media are going to try to maybe downplay it or you know, say that aliens abducted people, millions of people. They're going to try to explain it away. When millions of people inexplicably and instantly disappear. So let's talk about, the secondly, the imminency of the rapture. The fact of the matter is, the rapture can happen at any moment. It could happen before I finish recording this sermon. It could happen any moment. You may not be here to listen to this message. We may not be here this coming Sunday. It could happen before you go to bed tonight. It could happen in the middle of the night. It could happen on your way to work. It can happen any time. The second coming is different because there will be many events leading up to it, primarily through the tribulation, but the rapture doesn't have events leading up to it. It's imminent. Imminent. It's without warning. There are no signs that will be given prior to the rapture. Ronald Showers puts it this way. He talks about imminency from you know the original Latin. He said imminency is 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 something that hangs over your head. It's, it's like an overhang. It's like that that ice build up on a roof that that is hanging off the roof and you're thinking that could fall anytime. I don't want to stand under that. It can happen anytime. An imminent event is an event where nothing else must take place before it takes place. An imminent event is not an event where other things must happen first, but it can just happen right now. It can happen anytime. If something has to take place prior to an event, that destroys that event's imminency. So when an event is imminent, we don't know when it will happen. We know it will happen, but we don't know when. And we're certain that the rapture will happen. What we don't know is when. But we know it can happen anytime, imminently. It's an imminent event. And so the rapture will be without signs. It will happen without warning. When Jesus raptures the church, it will be a complete surprise to everyone. We must be ready at all times, and we must be ready anytime. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13, there's this encouraging word to Christians that says that we're to be looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our blessed hope. The rapture of the church is the hope of the church. The rapture of believers is the hope of believers. Another thing I want to mention today is that it's going to happen suddenly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it says that it will happen in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, 
at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Now some say, some commentators say that, that this is quicker than the blink of an eye. They say that we, we understand that light travels at 186,000 miles per second. So when light hits the retina of your eye, it's hitting it at 186,000 miles per second. And that's the speed of light hitting your eye. And that is the twinkling of an eye. Think about it. Think about how fast that is. I mean, you don't look and say, oh, I see some light. It's coming into my eyes. No, it just comes. It's there. The speed of light hitting the retina in your eye is descriptive of how fast the rapture will take place without warning, imminent, and suddenly. There won't even be a fraction of a second for those who miss the rapture to bargain with God. It'll happen and it'll be over. It'll be that fast. Well, another thought with regard to the rapture is it's selective. See, Jesus said in John chapter 14, 1 to 3, and we always tend to read these scriptures at Christian funerals, and, and what it says at the end of this passage of scripture, it says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. And, it, and this is a passage of scripture that talks about Jesus going to heaven and preparing a place for us in, in, uh, in his mansion or many rooms. And he says, I'll come back and I'll take you to be with me. So this is for believers in Jesus. It's only for believers in Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23, it says, those who are Christ's at his coming, those who belong to Christ will be raptured. And the Bible is very clear that the rapture really is exclusive. It's restricted exclusively to those who put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ. And it emphasizes the importance of you and I trusting Jesus as Savior. Because the cost of rejecting him is incredibly great. The future for those who reject Christ is terrible. So are you following Jesus? Are you ready? Do you believe in him? Have you put your faith and your trust in him? Are you ready for the rapture? I hope you are. And then I want to talk about uh, whether people are dead or asleep when, when we die. And this is a final word to those of you who may have lost loved ones. When the rapture happens, there's something else that, that will take place that I think we sometimes pass over. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 to 16, it says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you don't grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. And according to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive who are left until the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven 
with a loud command and the voice of an archangel and the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That's the rapture. So we'll be with the Lord forever. Here's an interesting fact. When there is a reference to followers of Jesus in Scripture dying, the term that is often used is they have fallen asleep. You see, the physical body ceases to function, but the spirit remains alive. And so in John chapter 11, verse 11, when Jesus is going to his friend Lazarus, who had been dead for a few days, they actually said, you know, he stinketh. He was in the tomb. His body had already been subject to, de to decay. And Jesus said, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I may go and wake him up. And he called him out of the tomb. But it was interesting that Jesus referred to him as being asleep, not dead. When Stephen was being stoned to death, he said, Lord, do not change, charge them with this sin. And when he said this, the Bible says, he fell asleep. That's in Acts chapter 7, verse 60. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 20, it refers to those who we would say have died as the first fruits of those who have what? Fallen asleep. So the death of believers is ceasing physical activity. Our physical body ceases to function. The spirit is alive, but the body ceases to function until we are awakened at the rapture. You see, in the natural, sleep is temporary. If you're like me, you went to bed last night, you woke up this morning. It's not a permanent state. It's temporary. Your body rests from its work. It's replenished. It's renewed during night. Sleep is very important. But we wake up in the morning. And those who have died in the Lord are actually asleep in the Lord. And they will awaken at the rapture. You know, we go into the body with or into the grave with, with mortal bodies. We go into the grave with bodies that are subject to decay, subject to corruption. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that our body is raised in glory, it is raised in power, and we, when we are resurrected in the rapture, we are given a spiritual body when the trumpet sounds and the dead, the Bible says, are raised incorruptible. Isn't that amazing? So when does this happen? It happens at the time of the rapture. The rapture will be a rescue from the tribulation for those who believe in Jesus Christ. But here's something else I want to encourage you with if you lost a loved one that loved Jesus. It will also be a glorious reunion. It will be a glorious reunion with, the, with, with those who have gone before us. Oh man, over the last couple of months, my wife and I have attended several funerals. And the people that have been passing away are 
friends of her parents. Her parents have both passed away. My own dad has passed away. And, and these people are getting up in their, in their late 80s and early 90s. And, and it, it just seems like for a while there, we were attending a different funeral almost every week. And there was this overwhelming sense of sadness. But that sense of sadness needs to be replaced with a sense of expectation that there's going to be a glorious reunion with those who've gone before us, who believed in Jesus, who have died in the Lord, who are asleep in the Lord. And so I want to tell you today, your husband, your wife, your daughter, your son, your mom, your dad, your grandparents, your friends, all of those people who have gone on before you to the grave are asleep in the Lord and very, very soon you're going to see them again. You are in a time of waiting and reunion and reconciliation. I was talking to my wife about this message and was remembering when we used to come to Winnipeg. We didn't live here all the time. We used to come here. And when we would drive away in our car, down the back alley, away from their place, her mother would stand in the kitchen window and wave until we were out of sight, or stand in the back lane and wave until we reached the end of the lane and turned the corner. But we always knew that it was a temporary parting. We always knew that they'd either come to see us or we would come back to see them. And so there wasn't that sense of grieving that we experienced at a funeral. There's a sense of, well, we'll be back. We'll be together again. We'll see family again and, and other relatives, other friends. We'll see them again because we're coming back. And that's how we look at the end of life for the believer, that we're going to see them again. This isn't the final goodbye. This is the end of the physical realm, but we are looking forward to the day when we're going to be reunited with our loved ones who've gone on before us. What joy and excitement that is going to be when grief and sorrow and tears are turned to joy and laughter and celebration. It's something to look forward to. When the dead in Christ rise first, and then those of us who are left will be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. So I want to close with this. Live with anticipation. I am so troubled by the fact that so many Christians today um, are caught up with fear, with worry, with anger, with dread about things that are taking place in this world. They're angry. They're upset. They're they're talking about conspiracies and all of these terrible things that seem to be coming together that I think would probably point to the, the imminency, the closeness of the tribulation. But if the tribulation is close, if the end times are close, how much closer is the rapture if indeed the rapture happens before the tribulation? So shouldn't we be looking forward? Shouldn't we be looking up? Shouldn't we be people that actually have hope and joy and live with a sense of expectation that 
Very soon we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord. Very soon we're going to be reunited with those who've gone before us, who've died in the Lord. And we need, church, we need to resurrect that blessed hope that the Bible talks about. We need to let that resonate in our hearts that, that I am excited. I have something to look forward to. I have hope in Jesus. And today, if you don't have that hope, if you have not received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can have that hope. I was a young kid when I gave my heart to Jesus. And I've lived with a sense that one day I'm going to see him again. Or I'm going to see him for the first time. And, and every time I, I lose a loved one or a friend, there's this sense that we're going to see him again. We're going to be together again. We're, we're looking forward to heaven. And a prayer like, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sin. Be my Lord and Savior. I believe in you for salvation. Is all it takes. Now, let me say this. Don't just pray the prayer. But we also need to walk the walk. We need to be disciples of Christ. We need to be followers of Christ. Find a church that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. A church that believes in the Bible. A church where you will learn and grow in the things of God. Where you can be in fellowship with other people. As we prepare, as we anticipate the soon return of our Savior Jesus Christ. Hey, if you're in Winnipeg, and you're looking for a place to worship, you're welcome here. We are at 1042 Jefferson Avenue. Check us out on our website, clcwinnipeg.ca. We'd love to hear from you. And we want to thank you for joining with us today. Let me uh, close with a word of prayer. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I pray for each and every person that has joined with us today listening to this message. And for those who have been full of anxiety, for those who have been full of fear, for those who are living with dread, I pray that you, would that you would set them free from that. I pray, Lord, that you would give them hope and encouragement. Lord, that they would look forward to, to the catching up of believers with Jesus in heaven. We pray, Heavenly Father, for those we know and love who don't know you, that they would come into a relationship with you. And I pray for everyone today that is anticipating making that change, making that decision, that you would draw them to yourself and they'd give their hearts to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe the Bible is true and I believe the Bible is the source of our hope and our trust as we look to the future. Don't just go to the internet. Don't just go to the news headlines. That will only upset you. Look to the Word of God and what God has to say about your future. God bless you, and thank you for joining us today. Next week, we're going to be talking about, I believe, we're going to be talking about heaven and what we have to look forward to. Thanks for being here.